Hello, Texans, and welcome to the Hyundai Texans Radio Studio. You are here with us, well, in an audio sort of way. On a Friday evening, Mark Vandermeer and John Harris with you, keeping you company, getting you into the weekend. What a beautiful day. Let's do this, Johnny, as I want to talk about several things tonight. Of course. Including, but not limited to, games that we want to see the most this year on the Texans schedule. We don't have the schedule, but we know who they're playing. So uh, we might sort of rank them. Okay, especially the road games, because that's kind of where I go usually yeah. with these things. Well, They're, I know number one right off the bat. The, the home schedule is phenomenal, really. It <laughs> is. It's This is the best home schedule they've had in a long time. Yeah. I mean, there's no doubt. And uh, oh, it'll yeah. be interesting to see some of the fans that try to get in here, that try to crowbar their way to these seats. I want to talk about that. I want to talk about the craziness with the announcer trades. What do I have in common with Al Michaels? I want to talk about that. I want to talk about some of the stories buzzing around the National Football League. Um, Patrick Mahomes, what, not able to read defenses until this year. <laughs> yeah. So he's saying that he won an MVP. You want to start there? Yeah, why not? Because you start there? Yeah, well, reading defenses, and this is something you watch a lot of tape, right? And I don't. So full disclosure, I don't watch a lot of tape. <laughs> but you do. And reading defenses is no joke. It's hard. I'll tell you this. Joe Sixpack listening right now, and that's right. I know you don't like to be referred to, you meaning listener in the car, as uh-huh. Joe Sixpack, but I'm going to do it anyway. Yeah. Joe Sixpack listening in the car right now has played touch football, right? Yes. When they're zoning you in touch football, it's hard, right? Yeah. I mean, it's like, I, where's that defender? Where is the guy open or not? He was yeah. open, and, you know, you're not exactly throwing guys open in touch football. It's tough. So it's a little more difficult slightly more difficult in the National Football League. Well, so course. Mahomes is saying that he won an MVP without really having a great understanding of reading defenses. Well, I, I think I think what he's trying to say, and this will be, I believe, on the HBO show called The Shop. Okay. And so and so, I think it's The Barbershop or The Shop. I think it's called The Shop. I think it's LeBron's show. And so he talked about that, and he he said, you know, physically, he always works on all his, his physical s- skills and tools in the mm-hmm. offseason. He said, but mentally, he said about halfway through. And I think what he was trying to say is it really clicked. Like, he could look at a defense and know what was going to be the best attack against that particular defense. So I think that's what he's what he's trying to say. I mean, I think he's recognized and did recognize. And, and I'd be curious to see how you know, people are making a big deal of this because they're like, oh, my gosh, did he not already defense? So, of course... What was he doing at Texas Tech? Oh, my God, Andy Reid made him this. Look, Patrick Mahomes, I guarantee you, has been able to, to look at a defense and know what, it's, know what it is. But processing it all, this is the coverage you're in. This is what I expect from them pre-snap. Or this is what I see pre-snap. This is what I expect from them post-snap. This, these are the routes that I know can hurt that. Oh, let's change this route. Let's go do this. And doing all of that in 40 seconds. Mm. That, I think, is what he is trying to say, is that I can now do all of that. Before, I was run to play. Right. I knew where the routes were. I knew where they were supposed to go. I knew what was out there, but I didn't really know kind of how it all went together. Now, I think what he's saying, and I think Deshaun's probably going through the similar thing, is he walks up to the line of scrimmage, and he sees him in disguise, and he knows from film study, he's like, I know this disguise typically leads to this coverage. And I know if I get this coverage, then... The route that I have called, probably not that good. I think this is middle of the field closed or post safety. 
So, hey, let's take this route. Hey, you guys change up on this side. Mm-hmm. You guys are okay on this side. Let's make him now the mic because we're going to change the protection here because we're anticipating this. All of that's going on in 40 seconds. And trying to decipher all of that where it's just kind of rote memory. Right. Where it's like, oh, this. Okay, boom, 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 let's go. And you still have 10 seconds to kind of sit there and make sure that that's what it's going to be. So I think the game slowing down is what Patrick was saying is 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 what's happening for, right. for both he, Deshaun, probably happened for Lamar. Um, I think it'll probably, you know, Lamar was a, you know, just a one-year starter, a year-and-a-half-year starter. So he's going to go through that. But I think what he's saying is the game's slowing down for him. Yeah. Which is scary nonetheless. But the game is slowing down for Deshaun. The game is slowing down for Lamar. The game is slowing down. Uh, for those quarterbacks, it's slowed to a crawl for Aaron Rodgers. I mean, Aaron Rodgers can do all of that and see all of that. He's Keanu exactly, Reeves in the Matrix. Right, because he's been seeing it since, what, yeah. 08. So he's been seeing all those different things. Now, are there things that trip up those quarterbacks? Absolutely. They're always something like, wait a second. What are they doing over on that side? Okay, that's yeah. weird. But instead of looking at the whole picture going, I don't know. I think I see this, but I'm not sure. As opposed to, you look at it and go, okay, well, they're doing this on this side. They're doing this. Then you got to think about, okay, well, what are they doing with hop? Mm. Are they doubling hop? Are, are they bracketing hop? Where's that bracket coming from? Right. How are they? Wow, what, if they, what are they doing on motion? And then you got to worry about as a quarterback, you got to worry about the fronts. You know, sometimes the front, you can just look at the front and go, okay, I, I know what they're going to do. I've seen, this, I've seen this on film. Right. They're going to run this kind of twist stunt. I got to be aware of this guy, so let's change. So you got to do all that. And so, worry about the coverage. What a right. nightmare. It is. It's you really, know, they really should difficult. have to count to four Mississippi. That's what <laughs> I say. They, they should. But I think that's that's what Patrick is referring to. But it's kind of fascinating to hear him say, yeah, it's um, it's just now the picture's becoming clear for me. And I would imagine that's a pretty cool feeling for a player to just go, man, this thing is slowing to a crawl. I'm about to eat these people alive because I know exactly what's going on. You know, I wish the the listeners could have seen you with your hand gestures as you were explaining some of that stuff. It reminded me of Deshaun Watson after the Atlanta game yeah. when he was uh, going through a full sort of verbal telestrator of yeah. some of the coverages that the Falcons were doing or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then you had that Twitter video where somebody overdubbed another <laughs> voice on that about how easy the Falcons' defense was and <laughs> I don't even know if Watson himself responded to that, but you know he saw it somehow. Yeah, it's on social media, and that, that had to be pretty funny. Uh, but that is, that is interesting about Mahomes. You know, the guys in the morning, it was Adam Spillane and Cecil this morning. Oh. I, I visited with them on a Friday. Um, on, a, on a Friday. It's such a radio talk. At the bottom of the hour on a Friday. Uh, it was uh, 8 to 9 a.m. on yep. Fridays. That's when I pop in there. And they said, uh, would you rather, if you're Watson and his agent, really Watson's agent, would you rather Mahomes go first or second, you know? If you're Mahomes, do you want Watson to go first as far as deals go? If right. if they indeed do the signings this right. offseason, which you'd think they might. Uh, I got to think that either way is fine with Deshaun, you know. But with Mahomes, whatever he agrees to, X number of dollars, yeah. if you're Watson, X minus a little bit would still be a very high number. And I think... Everybody would have to agree that, all right, that's pretty fair. You know, Mahomes has won an MVP and a Super Bowl. And like, okay, yeah. and I've done great things. And Watson's going to be fantastic. And he is fantastic. But that might be where the slot is. I think I might want to have Mahomes go first. And I don't want to belabor this point because I, I don't like to talk about contract negotiations. Right. But it's interesting this because you know, you know that Mahomes is probably going to get the richest contract in the history of the National Football League. This is true. I will tell you this. I woke up this morning 
in the very first tweet on my timeline, and I, I, I tried to go back and find it, but I, I couldn't find it. I want to say it was PFT, but it mentioned Mahomes sort of taking a Tom Brady approach, and that is I'll take less so we can keep my teammates and give them more. Now, that complicates everything. That complicates everything for everybody. Yeah, it does. But who said that? You don't remember. That's what I'm saying. I All don't right. remember. But I saw that. I'm going to stop you right there. That ain't happening. That's not so happening. And it shouldn't happen. You should take the money. You, look, you earn the money. You should take the money. The Brady thing. Boy, I think this came up even last night or the night before. It, that always bothered me that he did that. Why, yeah. Mark? Why does it bother you? He's competitive. He, no, because some things... I just don't feel like like it's all – I don't want to say it's all on the up and up. Look, it is what it is. you know. But it just seems weird that Brady would take so much less money, not just less money, but so much less yeah. money to enable his team to sign people in this cap sport. So that means the island in Fiji will be waiting for him when he <laughs> does retire. Brady Island is out there in the Pacific Ocean somewhere, purchased by Robert Kraft, or he gets to buy a piece of the team. Now, I, I knew I, I, I was almost positive. I didn't want to speak out of turn. But it was PFT who put that out there. And it said. Oh, they do everything, though. Now, Patrick Mahomes. Here's the, here's the headline. Yeah. Patrick Mahomes doesn't want contract to keep Chiefs from winning. He said uh, Mahomes was quoted as saying, he told Therese Paler of Yahoo Sports, is also in Kansas City. He said, I quote, when you look back at your career, at the end of your career, you want to look back and see a lot of success, a lot of wins, a lot of Super Bowl wins, hopefully. It's something where I want to look back and see a lot of success. Obviously, I want to get a contract. Obviously, I want to provide for my family for a long time and do everything like that. But, Mm. and I continue to quote, I want to make sure I do it the smart way and do it the right way. And so I don't know exactly which way that is yet. I know that my people and the Chiefs people will talk about it, and we will do it at the right time for the betterment of the team. But wow. I'm excited to be a Kansas City Chief for a long time, and I know that's going to be handled the right way because of the people the Chiefs have in their organization, quote, unquote. So mm. that sounds very familiar to one Thomas Edward Brady. I don't know what I don't know what his middle name is. It just felt like it was the, you know, you kinda do that that long Thomas, Thomas. Horatio Brady. <laughs> uh, that's it. Um, sounds a lot like him. But th- that is I mean, you're never gonna tell a player how to you know, especially quarter. You know, quarterbacks are going to get yeah. paid. I mean, good quarterbacks, great quarterbacks are going to get paid. And Deshaun and Lamar and and Pat are great quarterbacks. They're going to get paid. To them, the question becomes, you know, do you have do you have to have the richest deal in the history of the NFL, mm-hmm. or do you want to make sure your teammates get? I mean, it it is that it is that that Brady conundrum. You, you know, he's taken all those under market deals forever so that his teammates could get some, they could bring in this player, they could trade for Randy Moss and then give him money, et cetera. So it's, it's that, that thought. And, you know, there are some people in, in New Orleans. I know when we were in New Orleans and we talked to different people, there's some people that were angry that Drew Brees, you know, had, you know, contract negotiations that were sort of contentious. Yeah. And that he got the amount of money that he did because then it took away from some of the players that they could have added to that particular. Well, team. that's where the Brady deal is. I'm sure the union doesn't like it. Right. You know, it, absolutely. The union doesn't like it in Major League Baseball when you take less money or in the NBA. And, you know, you got to take what you got to take. I mean, that's that's why all this stuff is is in place. It's uh, such a complicated conundrum for a player because. 
you, me, everybody. We all want our market value, right? Mm-hmm. We all want to know. And, and I would think football is in, in professional sports. You can figure out what your market value is. And you all want to be, we all want to be paid our market value. To be really honest, what's the market value for a guy like Deshaun or even to Mahomes? Because whatever you're paying him, it still isn't Well, what worth... about Brady, John? Because oh, yeah. look at what exactly. they've done. I mean, anybody who is familiar with that stadium in Foxborough right. on Route 1 right. and what it was and what it is now. And you want to talk we, talk, we talk about Lucas Oil as the house that Peyton built and everything. Right. This is 10 times that, right. the house that Brady built. The, what they've done there around the stadium, not just the stadium itself. The right. stadium itself is okay. It's what they've done with Patriot Place and everything right. around there, which that area doesn't even deserve to have that stuff. Right. But, well, they need it because you'll never get out of there with the post-game commute. Trust well, me. True. All right, a couple of other things, though, related to this. I think it's exciting that you have Deshaun Manning the Texans, Mahomes with the Chiefs, Jackson with the Ravens, and they're all playing each other. Although, yeah, they're all playing each other again this yep. year. You finish first mm-hmm. enough, often enough, you're going to have this round robin every year, and it's going to be great for the NFL. I mean, now we're in the new era here where, you know, you had the Bradys and Mannings and Roethlisberger's going at it, and I know, you know, everybody but Manning is still around, but we'll see how long. But now you're ushering, this, ushering in this era of Watson, Jackson, Mahomes, and whoever else wants to get into the mix in there. I just think it's a terrific thing for the National Football League. Yeah, I'm. I mean, just in the AFC alone. I mean, you think about the AFC. Eventually, Miami will get a young quarterback. And I would think this year would be that year. You know, Fitzy can only play so long. But, you know, if that when that happens, you got Josh Allen, Sam Darnold in uh, Buffalo and, and the Jets, respectively. The Bengals will have a new quarterback. The Browns have Baker Mayfield. The Ravens have Lamar. We have Deshaun. The uh, Chiefs have Patrick. There are a ton. The Chargers are going to have a young quarterback. Right. This, I mean, over half the half the conference has got a young quarterback. I mean, I say young. I mean, Sean and Pat are going to their fourth years in the league, which is crazy to think about. And yet we still kind of consider them young. But they're the next wave coming in. And I, and I love that. I love that. That's, that's when you say it like that, Watson is going into year four. Four. I, I, I'm panicking. <laughs> 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 You're four already. Wait a minute. Well, I mean, you know, when you look at quarterbacks and left tackles, man, they play forever. There's obviously seemingly, but they, they seemingly do. But um, those matchups, and they're going to happen a lot. Baltimore v. Houston, Houston v. Kansas City, Kansas City v. Baltimore. They're all going to play each other again, just like mm-hmm. they did last year. And we've got to go to Kansas City. Baltimore's got to come here. I can't yep. remember what Baltimore and KC is. I can't remember where that one is. We'll look it up because let's talk about the games you're looking forward to the most on the Texan schedule and also announcer craziness in the NFL and beyond. It's happening on Texans Radio. It's Texans Radio here in the Hyundai Texans Radio studio. Mark Vandermeer and John Harris with you. Happy Friday. If you're working this weekend, we are too, right now anyway. But enjoy yourself, at least try to. Wash your hands a lot yes. and enjoy whatever you're going to enjoy this weekend. My kid is at the, uh, there's a big basketball game with the priests. This is a Catholic school thing. The mm-hmm. priests versus the seminarians. Ooh. And it's at Del Mar. And he's Just... in a halftime three-point shootout tonight. So nice. some people listening actually might be on their way to the game. Uh, it's, it's pretty cool. He was in the preliminary competition. There were like 20 kids. He made the final four. 
and now he's in the finals tonight. So this is going to be big for Vanderkid tonight, shooting that three. Is he going to keep on the warm-up jacket? Uh, it's a good. He he went into the locker room moments ago and said, "Which one of you guys is finishing second? Right, exactly. And I pulled a Larry Bird. And, no, I hope he didn't do that because <laughs> he actually said before the final. He he went last time the prelims. I think he was 19th out of 20 going. I, I think they did it in alphabetical order. He's Vanderbilt. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he actually said to the organizer, how many do I need? How <laughs> <laughs> many do I need? I was like, I was just shaking my head like, oh, my gosh, this is not my son. No. That, but that's the way you got to think, though. I mean, that's yeah, perfect. Yeah, that's, that's good. Perfect. Good for him How many confident. do I need? I, uh, you know, somebody posted, I can't remember who posted this on Twitter. Right. Probably about a week ago. Mm-hmm. They posted about two and a half minutes of Larry Bird's best passes. Oh, gosh. Oh, it was. That's great. I mean, it was sports orgasmic. I mean, it was unbelievable. I don't want to turn the show into a Magic versus Larry debate because I've always said, even though I'm a Bird guy and I rooted for the Celtics a bit in the 80s, Mm -hmm. uh, I've always thought Magic because I felt like makes everybody around him better and he can win with any team or whatever. Mm -hmm. But here's the thing. Here's the thing in defense of Larry. Larry didn't have Kareem. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I mean, Larry and Robert Parrish, Kevin McHale was a hell of a player and all that. You could argue Magic had the better team around him. Oh, I don't think there's any question. And Kareem is a top five or ten at worst player. Larry has nobody in the top ten with him Mm-mm. during his run. So you could make the argument that way if you choose. Mm-hmm. But it's five rings to three. And Larry, you said it, was a great Great passer. So is Magic. I mean, they're both uh, phenomenal. Watching both of them pass the basketball was mm-hmm. just what what they saw. So then yesterday, Rex Chapman posted a video from Michael Jordan's trip to Europe after his rookie year. Oh. Oh, my God. Wait, Mark. his trip to Europe? Like, what, with the Bulls? He was playing. No. He was playing in some, like, I don't know. He's playing, like, pickup ball. You could tell he's playing, like, some structured games. Right. You got to see this. It's amazing because you realize, oh my God, he was unbelievable. Yeah. The you, last highlight forget. they show, the last highlight mm-hmm. they show is his kiss the rim dunk and he shatters the glass. Mm-hmm. And he's playing over in Europe. So I went and I found the Twitter account it came from. It's called Jumpman History. So oh, then I got to get this one. They've got about a minute and a half video of all of Jordan's passes. They're ridiculous. And you forget about those. Because you don't think about Jordan as a pass. You don't. Mark, I'm telling you, you've got to see this video. You think of him as, look, defensive player of the year and maybe the greatest player ever. I don't want to have that debate right now. You know, Lopez and I used to do starting five in football, not to play basketball, but just in football. Like, your all-time starting five, quarterback, and you know, quarterback, wide receiver, running back, and two defensive players, one in the secendary, one in the front seven. Go. Impromptu quarterback, Go. quarterback. You don't pick the quarterback first. That's oh, wait, crazy. Wait. Oh no no. Oh okay. <laughs> oh okay. Oh, I thought you had to go in that order. Oh, De- um, defensive player LT. Yeah. See, you know, and I'll go like Reggie Wayne. You know, you're going Reggie Wayne. I mean Reggie Wayne. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah yeah. You Reggie, have Reggie Wayne. You know, I said uh, the other night I was going over my tongue twisters with my kid. Reggie Wayne wide right. Oh my god. Reggie Wayne wide right. That. Yeah, that's a tongue twister. Reggie White. Sorry. Uh. Then I would go what I've got quarterback, running back. Yeah. Uh my running back, I'm gonna take uh I'm gonna take Eric Dickerson. Wow, I'll take Barry. In his prime, Eric Dickerson was ridiculous. I know he was. In his prime he was. was ridiculous. My kid always asks about him because he's on his Madden team with Michael Vick and D 
Dan Deardorff on the offensive line. My other defender is Deion Sanders. Oh, that's a good one. Uh-huh. Uh, I'll take well, away. But I got LT and Deion Sanders. Forget it. You're done. <sighs> Ronnie Lott? That's a good one. Okay. I love that. Uh, quarterback, I'll take. I was always a Montana guy. I, I love Joe. I'm going to go Joe Montana. I yeah. love Montana. Yeah. Now, Mike. My, my, I'm going to take Burt Jones. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I would. Elway would be a guy that would more suit me, but I just I, can't do it. I you know what? Elway. It's funny because, it. like, forget it. The young Elway, the one that lost three Super Bowls. Oh, my gosh. Was he terrific? Yeah. That's Those are the highlights you have to watch. When he won the two Super Bowls, he's not doing as much. And don't look at the numbers, boys and girls, because they don't tell the whole story. Right. Okay. That team and quarterback passing yards and touchdown numbers of that era. Look at Aikman's numbers. Look at Elway in the 90s. It's not impressive when yeah. you just look at the numbers flat yeah. out. For a long time, Steve Young had the highest quarterback rating in the history of the league. He held yeah, on yeah. to that number for a mm-hmm. long time. Uh, but that thing has changed, obviously, the, the way the game is played. Jeez, uh, I got to pick a quarter. I mean, look, Brady is the greatest quarterback that ever lived. Yeah. But, but you can't uh, do it. You no, can't do I, it. You know I, I know you can't do it. There's no way. I'll pick young Elway. I'll yeah, do that's, it. that's probably a good I way can't to go. Pick Brady. Wide receiver? Mm-hmm. Um, man, they're... So many good ones. I know everybody would think, well, you take Jerry Rice. And Jerry was so good. He was so good. But to System me, guy. To me, Just though, kidding. I'll take Randy Moss. Yeah, I was going to Randy take Moss him. was the freakiest of the freaky. He could do anything on a football field. And if I ever needed to play him on defense, I'll play him on defense. You could, especially, especially in a Hail Mary situation. Oh, I guess phenomenal. I'll take Rice at that point. Yeah. So there why not? Go. I can't go. go wrong. I mean, a guy's running routes the day after the Super Bowl. <laughs> that's pretty impressive, right? Yeah, that's pretty good. I mean, he was doing that. Yeah. And, you know. He came back from an ACL tear in the first game of the year and made it back by week 17. Th- those are the stories I love about how hard these guys work. And I, I've told you this story, I think, but I taught sailing at a club in Long Island where, you know, the McEnroes were members. Uh-huh. And the day after Wimbledon in 82, McEnroe lost to Connors in the final. Mm-hmm. And. Monday afternoon, he's at that club hitting oh balls with Peter Fleming, who he played doubles with for yeah. years. And I just made a note of that that I'll never forget, wow. which is these guys work their butts off to be who they are. You know, it's interesting you bring up Borg and McEnroe. Uh, you bring up McEnroe because McEnroe always had Borg. And, you know, in the NFL, we've seen for a long time, you know, we ever talk about quarterbacks, it's Brady Rivers, Manning, Roethlisberger. It was like for a long time, those yeah. are the guys that we – that that – I think brought the best out of each other. You know, Manning had Brady, Brady had Manning, and those two went at it. I think it's what's making it good about, you know, the NFL now in 2020 is the fact that Patrick's got Deshaun, Deshaun's got Pat. They both have Lamar. They all have, you know, so they're going to see each other. So there's always this guy like Magic and Bird. Mm -hmm. They always had somebody to look at. I mean, Magic talked about all the time. He's like, I'd wake up in the morning and I'd see what Larry did it. I see what he did the night before. But That'd Jordan be the first never thing had, I'd want to know. I, I always felt like that was too bad that Jordan didn't have. He never that. had. There was always this litany of guys that, oh, it's Clyde this year. Oh, now it's Patrick Ewing. Oh, it's Barkley. He yeah. never had that guy. Here comes Penny Hardaway. He's going to be. Yeah. The, no, he's not. But I think that's what, you know, Borg McEnroe. McEnroe is at Borg. They brought out the best of each other. Now, they always had Jimmy Connors that you could throw in there, too, as well. Mm. I thought, oh, yeah. I thought it was that way in heavyweight boxing back in the 70s, too. And yet, when you had uh, Muhammad Ali. Joe Frazier and George Foreman and George Foreman and even throw Ken Norton in there when they fought yeah. each other. It was like they were fighting, obviously, to win a championship. There's a lot of money at stake, all that. But they were fighting. And I heard somebody say this, which is brilliant. When Frazier and Ali fought, they fought for the championship of each other. Mm-hmm. 
and yeah, teams will play. We play for the Lombardi. The Chiefs play for Lombardi. But when Patrick and Deshaun are facing one another, they're playing that particular game that day for the championship of one another. Right. Which is going to make those battles that much more rich as we move, you know, as we move forward in their careers. And the same thing with Lamar. When Deshaun yeah. and Lamar meet, and that already started back when they were at Clemson and Louisville, respectively. It was like the championship of one another. Yeah, they want their teams to win, and I, I know that. But they're playing for something a little bit more because the guy on the other side is is as good and thought of in that same vein. And they're guys we refer to by first names. When you say Lamar, you don't have to tell anybody who it is. It's Lamar Jackson. You say Deshaun, you know you're talking about Deshaun Watson. Uh, you know, the same with Patrick. When everybody says Pat now, we all know you're talking about Patrick Mahomes. But they have each other so that when they meet, it is must-see television. It was right. like when Brady and Manning were going to meet. You didn't miss it. You right. had to didn't see that. It. You know, when Brady took on, you know, Roethlisberger, you wanted to see that. It's like when Well, that was opening night last year, and it didn't go so well. Well, that's because Ben was beat to you-know-what. Yeah. Not I don't want to say that I hope that he still is, but we do have to face him this year. So. All right, so let's go there. Games you're looking forward to the most. Okay. Go. Well, even though it will be stressful, mm-hmm. and it will be very Well, we're not talking about like easy stressful. layup wins, which there are none, as we've seen time. Come on, man. Chiefs-Texans is just, I mean, how, how do you not put that number one? Going up there. I mean, going up to Arrowhead, the scene of the crime. Yeah. But it's also the scene of one of the great wins for this organization. Yeah, I know. So it's like you're kind of, it's like. Well, that's going to be a question thrown out to Bill O'Brien when he's at the podium. Coach, confidence-wise, you know you've gone up there and done it, and you've gone up there and not done it. Can we do, so, a, can we do a show where we ask Bill O'Brien the questions? I'll ask him that. I'll ask him that in a hot second. Like, how does the, the psychology of that, oh, I, yeah. of, of knowing that you can do it, but knowing that also things went really badly for you in the playoff game after the lead. He would answer that. He'd be like, yeah, no, that's a thing. But, but he would actually say, look. This has nothing to do with that. Right. 2020 is a new year. But I, I got to say that it's a net, as far as the psychological stuff, it's a net plus that you know you've done it. Yeah, you've gone up there and beat them, yeah. I mean, you, look, the playoff game was horrible. I'm not, right. I'm not downplaying that, but you know you have one up there. It's not right. like we've never done this and we've never beaten them and whatever. Right. You know, they beat them week two here. Mm-hmm. It was a different Chiefs team, different Texans team in 2016. Right. People forget that was a good win. That, that was, was an excellent. Good win. It's a week physical, hard hitting. It was a bloodbath. Yeah. I mean, you know, you had Brock. <laughs> he actually had a good game in that game. He did. He did. We were we look. They beat the Bears. They beat the Chiefs. Two and zero to start the season. Let's go to New England week three. And no, didn't happen. Yeah. Anyway. But but going up to Kansas City, you're right. It's huge. Is there any way that's not a primetime game this year? I mean, there's like oh, zero I, chance. I cannot see that being. I mean, the only thing I'm concerned about is if it's Sunday night, man, Texans Monday the next morning, we're going to be sleeping probably in this office, you in your office and me and mine or whatever. That's At the least only it's thing. fairly close. Yeah, kind of. Sort of. I will say from a, from a travel standpoint, all the games being – East of us, that's cool. I'm fine with that. You have to go out west. I do like our western. I like I like going out to L.A. That's fun. Going out to Seattle was one heck of a trip. That was a wild weekend, but uh, that was a heck of a trip. I, I don't mind tra- traveling. I mean, London trip was really fun, but the fact that they're more condensed trips, maybe a little bit shorter. I'm I'm fine with that. It was so like weird coming back from Seattle and the buses going by Minute Maid Park yeah, while they're playing inside. Game five. Game, game five, five going on. one of the greatest Major League Baseball games of all time is going on, and we're driving by. And we're driving by. Oh, man, what an afternoon that was. Um, but to me, cheap, I mean, 
using what we've been talking about as a theme, I don't know how you can't put Chiefs, Texans in Kansas City and then the, the revenge opportunity to avenge the big loss from last year, Baltimore uh-huh. coming here. Baltimore coming here. Mm. We're going to Kansas City. I mean, that's phenomenal. I would put third mm. just because it's that team coming here, which they've only, what, a couple times? Mm-hmm. The Packers. Yeah. I mean, to see the Packers the in here. Packers. Now, seeing the Packers in here is going to be weird for me, I'll tell you that. I've gotten accustomed to being up there yeah. and seeing the Packers in their home, but now seeing the Packers in our home yeah. is strange. Because in that 2012 year, I was doing my overnight show. So I was actually doing my show after that game. So I actually watched it in studio, uh, dog cussing Aaron Rodgers because he's just lighting the place Six up. Six touchdown passes. Eight years later, it's still Aaron Rodgers yep. coming back in here. Gosh. And Matt LaFleur. So those are the three to me that really stand out. But I love Pittsburgh. I'll, I'm, I'll be looking forward to that trip. And I haven't been to Chicago and Detroit. So those are definitely definitely on the list. Uh, no, no doubt. So this is the fourth time the Texans will have played the Packers. And three of the times will feature Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. Over a 12-year span. Right. That's a lot of Aaron wow. Rodgers. That is a lot. We saw him in his first year and actually beat him up there, uh, but did beat him here and did beat him up there last time. Although. The, what about for you? I mean, for me, like I said, at Chiefs, home mm-hmm. Ravens, home Packers. Those those would be the three at the top of my list. Listen, you know I love going to Pittsburgh. Yeah. This is an NFL traditional city. Yeah. Love going up there. I remember your first year working in the building, working on the broadcast was 2014. Yep. Yep. And Monday Night Football, Steelers on the schedule. I just said, Johnny, you know, we're yeah. going up to Pittsburgh. You know, you and I, here we are talking in April or whatever it is. Yeah. We're going to be in Pittsburgh on Monday Night Football. And let me tell you something. The two hours leading up to that thing, oh. two, three hours, are going to be total adrenaline rush. I mean, those are the moments that... You just can't describe the feeling of of getting ready for an NFL game like that. And the fans get excited, obviously, where, whether you're watching on TV, listening at the game. But we're getting ready to do a broadcast. It is fun stuff in that building. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm really looking forward to that one. It's only, what, the fourth ever visit up there to the Steel City. And you won there in 02, lost in 08, and lost in 14. And here you go. Yeah, so, yeah, four, okay. Yeah, I was going to say, wait, I'm doing the math on that. Yeah, it's the fourth time up there. I, I loved going up there. And I loved that we had a night game. I just There's something about the environment of a night game, which is, it was interesting because in 14, as we were driving around the city and we, we'd get in Ubers or cabs or whatever, they were, the fans were not, they were, they were like, oh, the Steelers. The Steelers, not the Steelers, the Steelers. The Steelers, not you. You guys are going to wallop them. And it was like, that did not. They that, were down on the Steelers at the they time. They were down. Of course, we... Allowed them to get back in. Yeah, game, a little bit of a. You know how that goes, but yeah. I I love that trip. I love going up there. I'm with you. Just the traditional teams. That's why the Bears and the Lions to me will be kind of cool. Of course, I you know before I moved here, I, I grew up in Wisconsin, so the Bears, the Lions, the Vikings, those are all rivals. Hated them. I was raised. I was raised to have some good sports hate towards those three organizations. So, so seeing them uh, is going to be it's going to be kind of cool. But I'm glad that the Packers. And the Vikings are both here because I think they're the class of that division. I'm glad they have to travel up to us. Another trip that I love is Cleveland. I love yeah. the idea of yeah. going to Cleveland. Don't go there very often. Right. haven't been there since 2014. And, yep. and that was the first trip there since 08. So the Texans don't go up there much. What was significant about that game? 
Ryan Mallett. Through his first touchdown pass. To J.J. Watt. In his career. And in Alfred, his career. What did Alfred Blue have that day? Like, yeah, like a buck 36, 36 carries <laughs> for 150 yards. And one of my favorite moments. That, that was a Ron Dane-like performance. One of my favorite moments that has ever happened. Mm-hmm. Happened in that game. And it did start out well. Do you remember in that game? I mean, J.J. was unbelievable in that game. But you remember in that game, he got two. Two roughing the, roughing the punter. Right. J.J. wanted to block a punt. Right. And he ended so, up committing some penalties. So he committed one, and they went back out there. And I knew they they probably, I mean, I, I knew at the time, I was like, okay, they, they've, with J.J. in there, I was like, okay, they've seen something on film. They think they can block it. Well, he missed the right. first one. He just missed it. But then he gets the penalty. He gets the second one. He comes over to the sidelines. And it was so funny because he's standing. He comes over to the sidelines, and I can see OB just steaming. He just like steam's coming out of his ears, and it's not as if he's really—he's not really mad at JJ. He's just kind of mad about the whole thing, and JJ is kind of standing near him, mm-hmm. like, "Okay, coach, get mad at me, like, uh, just get it over with or whatever." And so they both won't—they're like they're near each other, but they're not really talking to one another. And finally, Ob just walks over to him and just kind of points back out on the field. <laughs> JJ goes running back out on the field, and then dominated the rest yeah. of the game. What's he gonna say? Dominated the rest. I mean, of the Watt game. will self-correct. Oh, I know. Okay. Oh. He self-corrected, all right. But it was just hilarious to watch the interaction on the sideline because JJ just just doesn't make mistakes, and it you know it was a it was an effort mistake. Yeah. But he had two of them, and I don't know how many times I've ever seen that in a game where a guy had two of them on back-to-back punts. Watt could get away with it. And, Special teamer would have yeah. been like on a separate flight home. <laughs> Next up, announcer stuff, announcer mania, craziness in this league and beyond, and some other stuff that will come up in the final segment here on Texans Radio. Rolling along Friday night, Mark Vandermeer, John Harris with you on Texans All Access here in the Hyundai Texans Radio Studio. Great to have you aboard. And we promised we'd talk about some of the stuff going on with the announcers. Uh, And it's a lot of rumor stuff, stories, whatever, whatever's in play. Al Michaels, Johnny, and I was talking about this with the morning show on Sports Radio 610 today. Al Michaels, look, he would get a huge sum of money. Yes. To go to ESPN, Monday Night Football, kind of where he belongs. You could slide Tariko into that Sunday night seat with Collinsworth. Mm-hmm. And if Manning indeed gets the gig, $20 million. The Michaels trade contingent on Manning, in your opinion? Oh, boy. I mean, Michaels not going to work with Booger McFarlane, okay? Oh, that, oh, that's not oh, happening. Oh, oh, my gosh. That's no. not happening. Holy smokes. Yeah. So what? <laughs> so and you know, look, T- Tessador's done a nice job. I, I, he's just to me, I like Joe, and I think he does a hell of a job. He really does. He's got a lot of energy. Mm-hmm. But you know, Al Michaels is Al Michaels. Is Al Michaels the most adored modern era, modern era, uh, post nineteen eighty yeah. announcer in this country, other than say Vince Scully, maybe even more Pat Summerall. Yeah, you think Summerall? All right. So if we took a poll right now. Michaels or Summerall? Oh. In the I NFL. think a lot of people would just say Michaels just yeah. because they've heard Michaels. I got to tell you this, though. For me, for pure NFL, the sound of it, mm-hmm. Summerall. Summerall was amazing. Yeah. I mean, he that, said that, so much with so little. I mean, it was incredible. He really was yeah. amazing to listen to. And Al Del Greco will kick off. When and you just like the voice, the vocal quality. He was a kicker in the NFL, and he's got pipes like that. It was really the first time watching Pat Summerall and John Madden do a game where I honestly paid attention to what the announcers were talking about. Because yeah, Madden made it a thing. Yeah. 
I loved I loved watching, and I I knew okay, this is a big game. This Packers Cowboys, yeah. This, Whatever game in the NFC, Redskins Cowboys. You know, it was uh, it was we're such talking eighties Packers here game. Yeah, the eighties Packers. They there wasn't much to speak of, but it was such a big game. I think Al, yeah, Al's got to be in that. I I think Joe Buck always gets he, he he's polarizing. He, he takes such vitriol, and I like him. I like to listen to. I no, like to good. listen to him call. You know what I, I think, think hurts him? Aikman and he have a very similar voice, and sometimes it's. I'll yeah. be listening. I'm like, wait a minute, which guy is that? And if it's an analytical point, I'm like, oh, it's Aikman. But then right. sometimes Buck will not analyze, but make a point that maybe right. the analyst would make. I'm thinking, oh, that was Buck. Yeah. And they just sound similar to me. Mm-hmm. But I think they're very good. All the look, all the guys are very good. They, when you're in that seat, you're going to take a bunch of heat. Yeah. No doubt, it's subjective. Right. I've told you this before. David Halberstam, who used to run Westwood One, not the writer, the other David Halberstam, said to me. Play by play announcers. It's like blondes and brunettes. You know, some mm-hmm. people like one, some people like the other. I'm like, well, to you, I'm very clearly a brunette, and you like right. blonde. So anyway, it is not now the play by the play by play. I mean, you know, I mean, but I think for radio, mm-hmm. painting a picture of what you're seeing kind of naturally leads to having to say more, mm-hmm. and so I think that sort of helps. I think play by play guys in TV, like when I'm. When I did some games, and I've done some games for Southland Conference, I do them on TV. I have to remember and, and remind myself, hey, the fans could see some of this. Like you, yeah, you know. So it's it's a little bit different. But I just I truly I enjoy whether it's Nance or Joe Buck or Al calling a game. I I truly enjoy all of you know. I like the crews that they have. Um, you know, with uh, you know Joe and Troy and Al and and Chris. Wonder where this lead. Well, I I can't remember who I was talking to. I can't remember if I was talking to you or not. We were talking about this, and I saw this. I was like, "Well, if you're NBC, you you ask for the moon. You ask for anything you want, right? Because you know, in your back pocket, you got Mike Tirico. Sure, you just slide Tirico into that Sunday night spot next to Collinsworth. I think is. I think the world. I think the world. Actually, I think right now he is the best. I think he's fantastic, and he's been. I, I just. I think he's great. Now you got to take him off Notre Dame football, but I don't. Notre Dame football doesn't have the cachet for home games. They're just keeping the seat warm. You know, they're just giving him a gig. Yeah, you know, it's a good gig, right? But they're just giving him a gig right now. So you slide Tariko into Collinsworth. I don't think you lose a whole heck of a lot. Now ESPN, on the other hand, gaining Al Michaels. Mm-hmm. If you get him with Peyton Manning, wow! Think yeah. about what we have yeah. to listen to. As we're watching games, Monday Night Football is Al and Peyton. Sunday Night Football is Tariko and Collinsworth. The big game on Fox is Joe and Troy. And the big game on CBS is Romo and Nance. Yep. I mean, wow. Holy smokes. Now, I will say this. There's no guarantee that Peyton's going to be good. But he's going to be good. Yeah, he's got the feeling good. he's going to be good. He's going to be He'll good. make sure he's good. And he might worry about... All the exposure, if you will, for lack of a better word, mm-hmm. because right now Peyton's places and everything, it's totally controlled. Right. You know, all the good lines, all editing, mm-hmm. all the time, you right. know, and, and he's really talented. But when you're live three, four hours a week, that's a different deal. Plus the 20 million dollars. I don't care what I've read. I haven't even read this, but I'm just going to I'm going to go ahead and assume that that means he's going to be doing a lot of other content for ESPN. 
And would that so. would be a big part of the negotiation. Wait, what else do you want me to do for this money or need me to do for this money or do I have to do to get this money? Well, the flip side of that is, what's Romo doing for his? Well, he's doing know, his games. Those guys asked me about this, and CBS just doesn't have that platform, you know? Right. They got that sports network, but that's not exactly yeah. ESPN, okay? That's not, that's not going to be for him. The funny thing is, I'm sure they're in a bazillion homes, not as many as ESPN, the CBS Sports Network. People yeah. are listening right now like, what's that? Yeah. It's an actual network that you have on cable. Right. What's cable? Some people are asking. But you get my point here. But that, that's but that's kind of my point. They're paying him $18 million a year. Mm-hmm. And what what is it, over a certain number of years? What did I see that, I don't know. that Jerry Jones paid for a, paid $140 million for the Cowboys and Romo's getting paid yeah. like 180 over right. 10 years or something like that? Anyways, it it's I'm I'm curious what CBS would ask of of Tony Romo in addition. I maybe they put him on some of the golf stuff. Mm-hmm. I mean, maybe that's maybe that's something they do. Oh, I, I, I don't know. I, but great minds think alike. That's what I said. Put this him on morning. the golf stuff. Put him on the golf stuff. Put him on look. I don't want Romo roaming the course. You know, I don't want him at Amen Corner, okay? <laughs> right. That You right. cannot do that. Right, right. But, you know, when you're at Hilton Head, when you're covering right. some of these other events, you're in Hartford, Connecticut, yeah. put Romo on the course like Gary McCord, let him go to town mm-hmm. and talk about what he's seeing. Yeah. I think that actually adds to the viewership, you know? Right. Uh, better yet, um, it would be better if you worked for NBC at that point. You know, because I, I made the point this morning about Mickelson. You know, when he's done, yeah. I mean, name name your price, Phil, to be a yeah. commentator. You know, replace Nick Fowl. Nick, bye. You know, you might not like Nick, <laughs> but if you get Mickelson with Nance, oh. look at the way Romo has energized Nance. Yes. Now you have Mickelson with Nance? Yes. Forget about it. Uh, speaking of Nance mm-hmm. and, and kind of putting these all together, uh, the show you mentioned, Peyton Pla- Peyton's Places, that he yeah. did, was awesome. Yeah, I didn't really know what to expect, but basically Peyton told the history of the NFL and did it in kind of a different quirky way. And it was people. really, yeah. really good. Well, one of the episodes, he decided to do one devoted to just he and Brady, right. just Manning and Brady, talking about playing each other, what that was like. Mm-hmm. And it's, Mark, it's fantastic. But the best part about it is they go to Nance's house and they, He's got like a, he's got like a a chipping green. I don't know. It's yeah. a little bit long. It's it's less than a a par three. Right. So it's like a short. You know, it's probably got to be like a 75, 80 yard par three. Oh, you can get good elevated on that. elevated par three, and both of them just take golf balls and they just start just hitting, and in between talking about certain things, and. It's really funny. They're competitive. Then they, then they they hit a couple off his house. Uh-huh. <laughs> and it's it's really really well done, but it was really cool to hear Manning and Brady talk about that, but they did it at Nance's house. And Nance was the perfect foil to it. I mean, right. it was really really oh, good. That's good stuff. And it just, you know, those shows have really showed Peyton's personality, which We've all known that he's had. Now, will that come out on Monday Night Football? Yes. How much of that will be there if he indeed is is going to be the guy? Now, here's the question to me. If Peyton is not the guy, then who is it? I have one option. Who? Rivers. Yes. It's exactly yeah. who I was thinking. Philip Rivers. But ri- I don't see it without Michaels. Really? No. I don't see Al Mi- No, no. I don't see it. Look, it might happen. I don't see it the same way. There's not that Rivers isn't sophisticated, yeah. but his his folksy delivery 
doesn't go. Okay, so the main guys that we've talked about. I never about. liked Madden and Michaels together. I didn't think that was a match yeah. for some reason. I mean, I, look, they're both elite, but I never liked the chemistry. So of the main guys we've talked about, who would you put Rivers with? Uh, I think <laughs> that's a great question. Of the, the, you know, I don't look at Rivers that way. I honestly don't. I think Rivers I think would River, be fantastic. No, Rivers is Terry Bradshaw in the studio. That's oh, it. That's a good one. That's done. That's We're done really, here. That's a really I think we've, good one. I think we've solved something. Johnny, thank you. You got it, Mark. All right, that's it for the show. Check out Texans 360, ABC 13, Saturday night, 11 o'clock. Check it out. Check out all our stuff on the Texans app and on HoustonTexans.com, and have a safe weekend. Go Texans.